Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining us today for the Hillcrest Covenant Church podcast. This week, Pastor Jen Zerby continued our Advent series, Bearing the Light. The second week of Advent, we focus specifically on the peace of Christ. Jen encourages us to bask in the light of Jesus. Remember, you can watch our live stream on YouTube that happens on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., or you can always find us online at hillcrestdecalb.com. Grace and peace, friends. Amen, amen, and amen. It's good to get to celebrate Advent together. There's just something so special about this season. I just love it. I'll try not to start the same way I did last week, but I just love Advent. I can't get over it. Thankfully, I don't have to. So here's my question for you this morning. Can you think of the last time that you did just one thing? When was the last time that you had your sole focus on one thing without doing anything else? You just worked on a project for work without listening to music, without answering emails, without picking up random phone calls. You just cleaned your kitchen, no music, no TV, no stopping to munch on things along the way. You just watched a movie. You didn't scroll through your phone or let the dog out a hundred times or make mental to-do lists while you're watching. We're not so good at that. We're not so good at that in our culture, are we? We are a multitasking culture, if ever there was one. We have grown so accustomed to doing multiple things at a time that doing just one thing seems absurd. Why would I not tidy up the house a little bit while I'm watching a movie? How could I not listen to a podcast when I go for a run or whatever you exercise people do? Why, why wouldn't I get the car washed and get groceries and stop at the bank all at the same time, right? It just, it just makes sense. Lately, I hear parents say things like that they're working harder to spend time, not just with their kids, but when their kid asks them to do something, to play a game or to dance with them or, or to show them how to do something, that they're trying really, really hard to be better about doing whatever it is that their kid asked to be present in that moment and and not doing that thing while they're talking on the phone or while they're putting their dishes away, but just focusing their sole attention on their kids and whatever their kid asked. Is it possible to do that every single time your child asks something? No, especially not if you have toddlers, but is it more possible than we allow for in our culture? Absolutely. We, we crave efficiency in our world. And focusing our attention on one thing, because we crave efficiency, often seems wasteful to us. Or it's just plain hard to do. There's so much that has to be done. There's so much that's expected of us. There's so much that we expect of ourselves. Who has time to focus solely on one thing, right? Especially during this particular season, right? I mean, we have gifts to buy and to wrap. We have cookies. Oops, I just knocked my whole mic off my face. We have cookies to bake and exchange. We have microphones to fix while we're talking. I can't, I can't even preach and just have that be the only thing I do. I mean, seriously. 
We have, we have all these things to do. We have all these things to bake and wrap and cook, and we have parties to, to go to. We have special functions for everything, right? For work, for school, for church, for our neighborhoods. Our attention is being pulled in like 20 different, direction, different directions, and there are only so many hours in the day. We have to multitask, or it never gets done, right? So this morning we are in week two of our Advent series that we're calling Bearing the Light. It has been a rough couple of years. It has been a rough couple of years, and we have become all too familiar with the darkness in this world. Last week, we talked about the reality that while the darkness seems hard and potentially scary at first, that eventually our eyes adjust to the dark, right? And so we talked about this reality that our God comes not just to bring us the light, but that our God is light, that the God who split the darkness of creation is himself the very light that separated day from night. And so last week, we talked about the importance of stepping into the light, We talked about the fact that secrets are what happen in the dark and that what happens in the dark ends up causing so much damage to ourselves, to people we love, to our whole lives in general. And we said last week that God's light reveals what his love can heal. And so as we often ask around here, our next question is, so what? So what? So God split creation with just his word and he created day and night and he created light and dark. So what that God is himself the light? So what? What are we supposed to do with that knowledge? And I got to thinking more about that this week. We talk about all kinds of stuff here on Sunday mornings, right? We hopefully learn things that are uh, from the Bible. Maybe periodically we we learn some things about ancient culture. We learn things about Jesus' time here on earth. We learn about who God is and what God has done. But what do we do with it? I mean, for some of us, this information is maybe kind of new, and so we're just trying to absorb it for the very first time. For others of us, there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. You have heard the topics and the themes and the Bible lessons all before, For some of you, this is your 50th or 60th or 70th Advent. I mean, the story doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. Our God doesn't change. Yeah, amen to that. And some of us have grown admittedly cynical, right? Maybe you left a church a long time ago because you or someone you love didn't feel welcomed there. Maybe you have spent much of your life fairly criticizing the church for being judgmental or hypocritical. Maybe if you're being totally honest, your life has been hard and you're just super mad at God because it feels like if God were really loving, your life wouldn't be so hard. And so I started thinking through all of those dynamics this week all of the church people and the not-so-churched people and the haven't-been-to-church-in-decades people, and we're all represented in this room this morning. And we're all just trying to make it through another day. And we're all just trying to keep our heads up through this pandemic. And we're all just trying to keep our families together and to find some joy here in the midst of it all, right? And here I am, up here, talking about how God is the light of the world. But the world seems pretty dark these days. Now, we talked a lot about the darkness last week, that everywhere we look, it seems there's death and destruction and division. And that's on top of the fact, 
I can't even believe this is coming out of my mouth, that we are about to enter year three of this pandemic. I was with some friends on Friday and one of them just flat out said, everyone is angry and everything is awful. (laughs) And we all laughed and we did one of those like, (laughs) (laughs) where you're like, that's really funny, it's really true, right? Because it just feels so true and at the end of the day, all I want to do is go to the Caribbean. (laughs) Right? Doesn't that sound so perfect right now? But I got to thinking, like, no, really, I really, I really do want to go to the Caribbean. Because I think the last time I was in the Caribbean was the last time that I did just one thing. I was on a cruise, and so my cell phone didn't work. So there goes that. I was out of the country, so I couldn't even get back to work if I wanted to, so there was no point in thinking about work. And so I spent most of my days just laying there, basking in the sun. Now, to bask in something means to lie to lie exposed to warmth, typically from the sun, for relaxation or pleasure, or it means to revel in something. We typically use that word when we're basking in the sun, a la my experience in the Caribbean, but we can revel or bask in anything we want. And when we are surrounded by bad news and awful things and angry people, it's probably easier just to bask in bad news and awful things and angry people. But think about what happens when you bask in the sun, for instance. To lie exposed to warmth and light. Can you just close your eyes for a minute? You can just feel it. Remember remember what that feels like? I know we haven't seen the sun in a little while, but just remember. (laughs) Remember what it feels like when you can just feel the sun like burning right into your skin? That moment when you're just laying there facing the sun and you just feel the warmth soak into every part of you? That is what it is to bask in the sun. But that is also what it is to bask in other things as well. And so that means that if all we ever talk about is the pandemic, we end up basking in the pandemic. The pandemic and all that goes with it, right? The financial loss and loss of businesses and the masks and the vaccines and the politics and the changing rules and the travel restrictions. They just seem to seep into every part of our being as if we are basking in the sun No wonder we're all angry and everything feels awful. But what choice do we have? This is our reality right now, right? Or is it possible that there is another option? Is it possible that we have a choice in what we bask in despite what is going on around us? Not only is it possible, we were created to live differently Check this passage out. It comes from the book of, a book of the Bible called First Thessalonians. Now, if you remember last week, I mentioned that a lot of the New Testament is made up of letters that church leaders wrote to different churches in the area. Well, this book is a, is a letter that a man named Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica. And the whole gist of his letter was to encourage them to stay strong in their faith despite all of the craziness that was going on around them, despite the persecution that they were experiencing. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. 
So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You, brothers and sisters, are all children of the light. You do not belong to darkness. You belong to the light. And so if we do not belong to darkness, I'm pretty sure that means that we should not be basking in darkness. Meaning the evil, awful, difficult things of this world are not what our bodies are meant to be soaking up. Our bodies were created to soak up the light, for we do not belong to the darkness. We belong to the light. And if, as we talked about last week, God is the light, then if my math is correct, and I'm not very good at math, but if my math is correct, I think that means that we are supposed to be spending our time basking in God. But when was the last time that you really found yourself doing that? It's why I asked you at the beginning when the last time was that you found yourself doing any one singular thing because basking is not an activity in which we can multitask. When you are truly reveling in something, that is all that you are doing. That is your sole focus. So that becomes the answer to our so what question for this week. We said that God is light, so what? What are we supposed to do with that? We're going to look at another passage. It comes from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. So how do we do that? How do we live as children of the light? Listen to what it says in Ephesians 5.8-14. through 14. For you were once darkness, and now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said... Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's the same thing that our passage from from 1 Thessalonians said, that we should be people who are awake and sober, because we belong to the day, we belong to the light. This is the call to bask in the light of God and not to allow the darkness of this world to seep into our beings. When the darkness seeps in, we sleep. We live life in secret. We aren't clear-headed. When we bask in the light, we are sober, literally and metaphorically. We are clear-minded, and our lives become about the things of God. When the light of God is what we are basking in, the light of God is what others see in us. And when I think about this hodgepodge of people who are here on Sunday mornings, the churched and the not-so-churched and the once-upon-a-time-a-long-time-ago-churched, 
I think about how tricked we've been, that we've been tricked into believing that we have to have our lives together before we come to church so that we can be presentable to the church. In fact, I read a story this week that kind of blew me away. It was a guy talking about, he, he went out and had a, a drink with his pastor, nothing crazy, they just had a drink. And while they were sitting there, he asked his pastor, he said, Pastor, if you got a DUI tonight, would you show up to church next Sunday? And the pastor thought for a second and said, no, probably not. And the guy said, what would you do? Your name is in the paper. Everybody in the town knew what you did. What would you do? And the pastor thought for a second again, and he said, I'd, I'd probably take like a six-week six sabbatical or something. I'd lay low, and then I'd probably slowly, quietly try to return to ministry. And the first guy, who isn't a pastor, said, well, say you were in a car accident this week. Totally not your fault. Some guy T-boned you. You broke a bunch of bones. You had internal bleeding. You're telling me that when the ambulance came, you'd say, don't take me to the hospital. Give me six weeks or so to get myself together to be more presentable, and then you can take me to the hospital. If your body is broken, you want to be immediately taken to the place that can heal you. Well, the truth, as Scripture reminds us, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Scripture says there is not one who is righteous. No, not one. Which means that the person sitting in this room for whom this is their 70th time celebrating Advent is no more righteous or free of sin than the one who walked in for the very first time this morning not even having any idea what Advent even is. Our church has been super blessed to welcome those in the recovery community into our church family. And I'm going to tell you a little secret from our super churched people. For those of you who are here this morning from the recovery community, we're not at all shocked by your brokenness. We're just shocked by your honesty. Because we churched people have been part of an institution that has fooled us into thinking that we need to be presentable before we get here. But Hillcrest Covenant Church doesn't buy that. Or at least we're trying really hard not to buy that. We are a church that believes that brokenness is the only thing required when looking for the light. Even though we live in this pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of culture, you don't have to work for the light. In fact, you can't. You can't earn it, and none of us deserve it. But because of God's love for God's sons and daughters, God reached out to us and brought us into his light. It wasn't our work. It was his. Even though we want to feel like we had some role in earning or receiving the grace of God because that's the American way, God's grace doesn't work that way because little tip, Jesus actually was an American. Right, I know. Shocking to some of us. God created us to bask in his light, and then he reached down and brought us into his light so that we could do what he created us to do. It's not our work. It's his. So now that we have answered the so what question of God being the light, the next question that is ours to answer is in whom or what are we basking? It's not a tough question. Just ask yourself what comes out of your mouth. 
and that'll tell you what you're reveling in. If all you talk about is bad news and messed up families and all that's gone wrong in your day or your week or the world, that is what you are reveling in. If all you talk about good or bad is your kids, then they are who you are reveling in. If all you talk about is work or money or stuff, you get the idea, right? We bask in the things and people that we have made into idols in our lives. But we weren't created to bask in anything other than Jesus Christ. If you've been around Hillcrest long enough, you know what happens when I am in the sun, right? My skin changes color so fast, it's a little absurd. I tan quickly and I tan hard. Now the dangers of basking in the sun aside, this is just what happens to me. When I am tan, people everywhere I go comment on it. Everywhere I go. It happens every single summer. Strangers will comment on my tan all of the time. When I bask in the sun, everyone around me notices. That is how we were created to live with Jesus. When we bask in the light that is God, everyone notices. It changes what we say and how we say things. It changes our tone. It changes our patience level. It changes the grace that we extend to others. We become people who know that we are forgiven and can therefore forgive others with greater ease. When we bask in the light, the characteristics of Christ become the characteristics that we display. It's what happens when you bask in anything. You reflect the person in whom, excuse me, in whom you bask. I hope you did that earlier in the service when we gathered at the table for communion. I hope it wasn't just a ritual. I hope it was a time for you to commune with God, to bask in the gift and the grace of God. What a goal that would be for the remainder of this Advent season, huh? To spend more time basking in the light of Jesus. We're going to help you do that in just a minute. Joel and the worship team are going to come up here in a second, and they're going to close out our time of worship this morning with a song. And I want you to think about what it means to just bask in the love of God and in the presence of Christ. Put your phones down. Don't look at the people next to you. Don't think about what you have to do today. Put down the shopping list. What does it feel like to allow the love of God to pour over you, not because you earned it, but because it's the only way that God knows how to love us? Friends, we do not belong to the dark. We are children of the light. So wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and let the light of Christ shine on you. It is a brand new day. Let's bask in the one who made it. Let's pray. Lord, it seems like such a silly word, especially when you hear a word over and over, bask, bask, bask. But God, that is what you created us for. It seems crazy that you created us to bask in your light. And then you reached down. You reached down and brought us into your light. You didn't make us work for it. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. This is just the way you know how to love. And God, I know that so many of us are distracted by so many other things. This world is 
tough and life is so hard sometimes. It's so easy for us to spend all of our energy and focus on all of the things that are going wrong. It's so easy for us to allow ourselves to become children of the darkness because that is what is around us all of the time. And so God, would you speak your truth to us this morning and remind every single last one of us in this room that we are children of the light. May we bask in who you are today, tomorrow, and forever. In your holy name we pray. Amen.